The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 134. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Lisa Jones is currently uh, on assignment off-world in some strange place called New England, so... Oh, we, who'd we, want we to go there? The best of luck <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> Today we're discussing the fourth episode of Season 7, Orpheus. Teal'c and SG-1 embark on a mission to rescue Teal'c's son, Ryak, and their mentor, Braytak, who are enslaved on the planet Erebus by the Gold Baal. Teal'c is blasted by a staff weapon coming through the Stargate and has to recover from a severe injury. He does not do well with this. Big surprise. He struggles with his confidence and strength, and as Jack puts it, has lost his mojo. And he's, he's frustrated due to his reliance on the drug Tritonin. With the help of his teams and allies, they infiltrate the slave camp and are able to free Braytac and, uh, and Ryak and free the Jaffa from the slave camp. This is what happens when I wing the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I've lost my mojo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mojo. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, Father? Well, it's a Teal'c episode, which is good. He actually gets, you know, like lines to say other than just indeed once or twice. Um, But of course, it's the typical, oh, I, you know, I've fallen and I can't get up. Well, maybe I can. And well, I guess, yeah, I'm okay. And and just remember, you know, true strength comes from your heart and mind. The real uh, Gould symbiote was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This, this, this This was kind of your, you know after-school special-type episode. It was it was oddly paced, I feel like. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I really like this episode as, as a Teal'c episode. I think it's one of the better Teal'c episodes. I mean, it's a, we start off, and you're like, oh, no, is this another Teal'c and Sickbay episode? But it doesn't. he doesn't stay in Sickbay, mm-hmm. which is makes this better. But, yeah, I mean, when we start off, Teal'c is feeling less of a man because... You know, without his symbiote, he doesn't heal as quickly. There's some implications that he's not as strong, that he's not as fast, and that led him to be injured. And we we do get a nice arc, I I think, with a lot of action and, you know, military special operations, people shooting guns and battling and stuff. It's a Peter DeLuise written and directed episode, so he leans into the action and into the characters, too. So we get a lot of cool Jaffa-isms. You know, Braytek is in this episode. Rayak is in this episode. Not not Karnak. Uh, who's the other? Raknor. Sorry, Karnak is somebody else. But um, <laughs> but yeah, Raknor is in this episode. The amazing Karnak. 
Yeah, but, Johnny um, Carson, exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, and so we we do get um, and 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 it's always a treat to see Braytech, especially you know inspirational you know cat poster Braytech is is I think the the best Braytech here. So <laughs> believe. So no, I I like this episode for what it is. It's it's a good Teal'c episode. It it deals with some of the fallout of the whole Trutonin situation. So. And and like I said, we get a lot of we get a really bad Jaffa bad guy who gets his comeuppance at the end. So the actor looked really familiar, and I I don't know if it's he had like that very distinctive like almost albino white hair, and it was a very different look for a Jaffa, which I liked. Yeah, I don't know he if he's a bottle blonde evil. or not. But yeah, it was a uh, anything with Braytac is always he always elevates the episodes that he's in. Hmm. It is um, just Teal'c's relationship with Ryak though is so <laughs> weird. I mean, it's it's weird, and it I don't like how Ryak is. Whenever Ryak's in an episode, Teal'c acts like he's the most important thing to him, and he's, he's got to take care of his son. <laughs> but then ninety percent of the time, he you don't see Ryak, and he doesn't seem to be communicating <laughs> yeah. with him, and he doesn't apparently <laughs> even know where he is. So it's. It's like you got you got to pick pick a lane, man. Do you care about your son or not? He's got that wharf problem of no. Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard anything from him in many many months, and I expect that he's probably fine. You know, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last I heard, he was just palling around with Braytech. What could possibly go wrong? They're just looking for you know Jaffa to join the rebel cause. No big deal. Yeah, it's only from Daniel's vision that we he even knows what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I thought that was handled really well. Um, you know, Teal'c is, is, is hit, is recovering. Daniel, you know, hears, no, master, over and over again in his, in his head. And from that, we haven't really, you know, he's recovered most of his memories from, from being a human, but they haven't explored whether or not he could remember anything from being ascended. And so this is, I think, the first, maybe the only i'm not sure episode that really deals with that and i think the way that they handle that and kind of bring that out is is really well you know he's obsessed with gate addresses he's looking at all of the mission logs trying to determine but um it's only when they do kel nareem that it kind of clicks for him which mm-hmm. uh, i thought was really cool mm-hmm. yeah it was a good way to bring in daniel's memory loss without doing that thing where they just drag it out yeah right. Like it actually served the episode and the plot in a in a way that made sense. And I, I don't think they kind of do the all the season is him going back to all these places he remembered and fixing what he couldn't fix when <laughs> yeah. he was ascended. You know, they they this I I think this is the only episode where they actually do anything like that. Ah. So we don't get member berries for yeah. Daniel the entire season. Pretty much. No, yeah. no, we just get we just get buff Daniel getting buffer. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't put on his tank top yet. So HGH Daniel, but um, no, I, I do like the way that like we it's revealed that Teal doesn't kill Nareem anymore because he doesn't need to bond with his symbiote because he his symbiote's dead, and so he he stopped kill Nareeming, and so Daniel says, you know, there's other reasons why you might want to meditate, you know, and be be you know and do this, and Teal shuts him down with, well, you know, the main component of kill Nareem is silence, which I thought was. That was a great line. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so I, I did like, I did like that, that Daniel kind of brings Teal'c back into Kel'Narim there. 
And he does admit later that, yeah, it does actually help him, that he does still get some of the benefits from it, even if it's not with from his symbiote. Got to do that self-care, Teal'c. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's like, you know, and it, as Christians, you know, our attitude towards prayer is like, well, we do it when we're in a life and death, you know, existential situation. But, you know, there is you know, benefits to doing it when when you're when you're not uh, in that mm. situation, too. Makes those life and death situations easier to go through because you're already you yeah. have a, like a baseline laid for actually having a healthy spiritual life rather than just, you know, praying when things are bad and yep. doesn't do much, really. Pretty much. Yep. I did, uh, though, we got the audio clip of him saying master over and over again. I my, my brain just kept going to a master of puppets because <laughs> they do that similar thing where they chant like master master I was like I was expecting the guitar to come in I'll have to fly uh, eight seconds of the of the guitar riff in at this point or something there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking nice. Doctor Who but you know yeah master or oh, even yeah. like K9 not even the master yep. but just, yeah, exactly. What you need to do yes, is com- master. combine <laughs> the, the Metallica riff with the uh, with K nine saying master. I'm sure somebody has. <laughs> I bet. I bet that's out there. <laughs> There's how many million British people, and all they have to do is sit around and do mashups of Doctor Who. Yeah, at least a couple. <laughs> yeah, at least a couple of them will. <laughs> yes, that's all they do over there. Yeah, eat bangers and mash and watch Doctor Who. While we're off topic, um, we're speaking of Peter <laughs> DeLuise here. He he wrote and directed this episode, but I, I've recently been going back through like, you know, Sequest, which he was in for two seasons. Mm. I actually watched an ABC uh, like Halloween special movie that was actually quite good mm-hmm. called The Midnight Hour. Um, it's worth checking out the full movies on YouTube, uh, maybe next Halloween. But Peter DeLuise was uh, was in that. And it was like 1985. So it was like a very young Peter oh, yeah. DeLuise, but still uh, very undeniably. Yeah, there was, I actually just uh, watched, you know, one of those late night YouTube videos you watch where it's uh, all a bunch of like 30 80s intro. Uh, oh, yeah. Music and stuff, you know, the the op- you know the opening sequence they used to have, you know, and on TV shows and were for the credits. And one of them was like some cop drama with Peter DeLuise. Yeah. And he looked like he was like 15. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But yeah, so it's a very fascinating career the way he, I don't know if he started off as an actor, as, you know, Dom DeLuise's son. Yeah. And then got into more of the writing and directing and creative consulting. But um, I think his contributions to kind of the overall tone of Stargate can't be denied starting in, I think, season three or four, whenever he came in. It was very early on. Yeah. Yeah. Like really doubling down on like the military jargonism, but also the action and kind of the fun of it too yep. yeah he he he's really good at striking that balance of keeping things moving along keeping them fun but not going overboard mm-hmm. yeah i mean and this episode does go to some dark places because once daniel figures out that you know Ryak and braytech are being held on a you know naquita refining a slave planet yeah, yeah building planet you know, he, he works back from that and with, um, uh, you know, oh, I forget his name again, uh, Rocknor's Rock help. Door. Yeah. Help. 
figures out how they got there. You know, they have to deactivate the shield using the special radio code. And once they get there, you know, Jack and the rest of the SG teams, because he's brought, you know, a couple with them, are all doing like Overwatch. Teal goes into the camp and is captured. And the very first thing that happens is he's tortured like for mm-hmm. an entire night. Mm-hmm. And you hear him like yep. being whipped and stuff. You don't get to see it, but it it gets pretty dark because Ryak is, you know, right there listening to it. Yeah, and, and I think that one of the biggest weakest weaknesses of the episode is the fact that you don't really get more with Ryak and Teal together. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just there at the end. Yeah, and a little bit he's... when when Tilk is, uh, you know, he's he's weakened from the torture. He's laying there. Yeah. And he's weakened by it. Um, a little bit there, but that's more that's more with a uh, Braytac than it is with with Ryak. Yeah, that that scene with Braytac was good. I like how he's. Yeah, trying to give him the pep talk and being like, I can still beat you even though I'm much older than you and you're stronger than me. And Teal fires back with, I've been letting you win, which yeah, <laughs> almost felt like a bluff. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's the case. I, no. but yeah, but it was nah. it was a sign that he was asserting some of his will and some of his spirit was coming back. Yep, but got his sense of humor back. And it did help it when, when Braytac told him, "It's like, yeah, I've been feeling the same effects. You know, I've been I've been feeling weakened by this." Physically, but not mentally. Yep. It is the heart of the warrior that uh, that matters. Yes. I do like uh, the scene. This is rather early on in the episode where they're in the gym working out and Sam is talking about. Oh, I like that scene too, sign. but maybe for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> She's talking about the uh, the M Night Shyamalan movie Signs very clearly. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Which I I very I appreciate because I have the exact same problem with that movie. Yeah, yeah, but on the other hand, you're you're Stargate, right? I mean, you're you're not the <laughs> you're not the most you're not the sharpest most. You know, and it's not it's kind of a self awareness the, though. That's yeah, kind of a self awareness yeah, okay. on their part too. I mean, yeah. Anytime they can make a comment like that, it, it's as much poking at themselves as it is, you know, the, the other thing they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you, you've had goofy aliens to Stargate, but they do a lot more <laughs> of that going forward. You know, oh yeah, where, where they make more pop culture references and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I guess you. Could- you can say that at least Stargate's fun, but yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, and and Signs. I remember being very creeped out by that movie. It was a very good like mood and stuff until like again the last ten minutes of the movie. Until you were think kind about of like, it, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's <laughs> basically yeah. all everything M Night Shyamalan put out. Yeah, but, you know, it was it was great until you realized what was going on, and then it was kind of like, oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to uh, back to Stargate. <laughs> no, I I thought that was good too, but I just thought yeah. it was like, okay, come on. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, I mean, one thing we hear for the first time is the the alliance between the system lords that Ball has basically forced once he got mm-hmm. control of their fleets. Yeah, he basically forced, and we see we'll hear more of that. I mean, we'll we'll see him a lot more of him kind of running the other <laughs> system lords, and it, and he calls it the United Alliance of the System Lords. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like something. That's, from just, like, that's just yeah. that's ball. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. Once we know more of his character, you, yeah. you know, that's that's exactly who he is. He's he's that grandiose, you know. Yeah. Could have come up with a spicier name. I feel like that almost sounds like 
they do waste management or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like one of those like alternate earth fictions or something. It's UASL. like, ooh. Yeah. What if the United States was called the United Alliance of States and was completely ooh. different? Yeah. Well, I was thinking the difference between a United Alliance and a divided alliance. That's kind true. Of contradiction of terms. Yeah. yeah. Alliance of the system lords would, would save them a little bit on, uh, you know, the embroidering or whatever on their t-shirts. Well, but then, then people would be, be offended because ASL stands for American Sign Language. You know? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Can't have that. Somehow I don't think Ball would care about that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Gould have sign language. Probably not. No. I, I doubt that they yeah. would be Tolerate. that forward thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he has that is in that position of power is pretty much because of SG one. They mm-hmm. they brought him in at that moment. He was able to take out uh, Apophis, Anubis's Apophis, Anubis. Anubis. Um, but yeah, so. It's more more the fallout of them. I like how it's you get this almost they're, they're the way they've been defeating the system lords is catching up to them because as it becomes more yeah. unstable, they become the system lords are becoming more desperate, and the only ones that are left are the really high powered ones, and they're kind of the they're kind of beating their match at this point. Yeah, like oh great, we took out Saddam Husseinus, the system lord. Everything's going to be fine now. It's like oh no. <laughs> now he's created Isis, so. the system lord. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I did like how, um, you know, when, when Teal'c's feeling down in the dumps and he's working out a lot, which is, which is good to do if you're feeling down in the dumps. Yep. Uh, you know, he tries to give him a, a pep talk, but it's not peppy enough. Yeah. And um, we learned that we learned a new, uh, I think a new Jaffa word, mm-hmm. kek, which yep. is uh, synonymous with, with death and weakness. Yep. I just thought that scene was slightly humorous because that word has taken on a different meaning on the Yeah, the I internet. was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know, Teal'c's been, Teal'c's been hanging out in 4chan, hasn't he? Well, that means, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that what the frog says or what is that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I did get a laugh okay. where, where Dr. <laughs> oh, Frazier no. goes... I, I did kind of laugh where Dr. Frazier uh, says, uh, you've lifted, you know, twice as many weights as any other person on this base. I'm like, this was an, this is an Air Force installation. There's not that many weights lifted on that base, I can promise you, <laughs> unless those weights are coffee and donuts. Yeah. But, but she, and then I, I like how she adds, you know, outside of alien influence, of course, uh, yeah. referring to the upgrades devices. You know, it's made them all super among strong. Among many other things. Yeah, yeah, among many other things. Yeah, including maybe even his symbiote. Yep. True, yeah. So I guess Teal, yeah, I guess, it, yeah, because he doesn't have a symbiote, so he would, he's he's basically losing all his performance-enhancing uh, attributes. Well, the, and Dratonin gives some of it, but not all of it. it you yeah. know, they, we know that it's, it's not going to give the full effect. It helps, but it doesn't give the full effect. Yeah, and and I like how we kind of, you know, get the final nail in the irony coffin too. That the staff blast he receives goes right through his symbiote pouch and like would have killed his symbiote yep. if he still mm-hmm. had it. So he would have been dead without the tritonin. But at the same time, now he's weak because of it. And to a Jaffa, weakness equals death. And mm-hmm. so I, I think there was some some good layering going on going on there. Well, it still shows that he does get some of the healing effects from the Tritonin because, yeah. you know, literally it says it took out his pouch and then hit his spine. Well, for an average person, you'd be laid up for months if Ever. your spine got hit like that. 
Yeah. But he's up in a couple of days. You probably um, wouldn't be walking ever again. Yeah. Yeah. But there is now the benefit for the uh, the makeup crew. They don't have to do the pouch anymore. It was, I mean, it looked like it was still there, just kind of like, you know, sucked in a little bit. But I, I mean, maybe they sewed it up, you know. Yeah, I, I can't. Put some I can't remember if, if if they stopped doing it after this or not. Yeah, this is right around the time they did the Stargate crossover with a uh, Nip Tuck, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Teal got Nip. some cosmetic surgery to take care of that. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> Nip Cree. And yeah, and so the other thing that I'm not clear of at this point, and hopefully they address it when when they get to this point, is how the Tritonin affects like the Jaffa's lifespan, because, you know, Braytech is 135, 140, mm-hmm. you know, Tilk is not quite that old. He's maybe 70 or a hundred. I think I forget, but right. You know, without the symbiote, will he also live to be almost 200 later on? We, I don't want, yeah. I mean, it becomes a consideration later on and hopefully they address it. You know, does the Tritonin still give the right. Jaffa their, their longevity? And I, I don't know if this is something that they'll address later, but I feel like since they have the Tritonin now, I wouldn't be surprised if they would want to experiment on normal humans with it if it does provide those those benefits, even if they're less than what you get from a straight-up symbiote. Yeah, I think the next kind of like human wonder drug we get might be nanobots, but yep, I'm not sure. So, so yeah, I don't know have those floating around back yeah. there. We haven't yeah. heard much from them in a while. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I like the the starship or the the mothership um, construction yard they have going on. Yeah, which yeah. you can see if you if you watch us on YouTube, it's uh right behind Victor. Mm-hmm. It's like how it's like the design is it mirrors the shape of the ship, but it comes yep. out. Although this does have the problem that. I've always had I had this issue with uh, Deep Space Nine also where you have this advanced mining facility and then when you see it actually in action it's like dudes <laughs> yeah. with 18th century pickaxes like throwing rocks exactly. into a shoe. It's like there's a bit of a disconnect here. Yeah, I mean wouldn't you just have like a big plasma hose that like turns everything into liquid slurry and sucks it up if if you you know if you even needed to go that far. But yeah, it was expressly well, bad on Deep Space Nine because you were on a space station. Busting rocks with a pickaxe. I mean, well, with with this at least, you've got the whole idea that this is a slave colony, and these are disgraced Jaffa, so they don't really care if they have easier tools like, say, a plasma straw. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't want them to have that. No, they might turn it on the guards. Yeah, attention, Jafarian workers. You have that's a yeah, Galtikat <laughs> saying. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess a real life analog would be the way that precious, me- uh, like rare earth metals, are mined. Still, like we have this advanced technology, but if you look at the where they source a lot of the materials are from, it's similar kind of situation. Very which primitive, is very yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah, it's yeah. so my little uh, little political soapbox for the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My political soapbox involves the title, which I'm sure that there is some connection to the myth of Orpheus somehow, um, unless it's the name of the planet being Erebus. But yeah, yeah, there's no Eurydice, there's no heart playing. I don't know. Yeah, I think it probably just has to do with the planet. 
planet's name being planet basically a, or yeah maybe just the idea of teal having to go into the underworld of his his yep. feelings and get his mojo back or yeah not looking back which was orpheus's undoing right so maybe yeah. it's teal isn't supposed to look back to what was and is only supposed to look ahead to to the future i'm stretching here but i I think that might be i mean or that's probably probably yeah. it yeah or it was probably hey that's a cool name let's use it <laughs> yeah <laughs> how long after the matrix did this come out are they trying to that was get, morpheus get a sound like with morpheus yeah couple of years yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah so they they're able to they rescue all the jaffa they they blow up the mothership which was that was a cool visual i liked when you see it mm-hmm. kind of fall behind the horizon and explode and yeah i'd still yep. be worried being that close to that kind of explosion considering what those are powered by but i guess everyone's okay yeah i don't know if it i i i don't know if it exploded or just i mean it was mainly secondary explosions or if it just kind of crashed you know and just kind of went but it did it did get destroyed which i thought was nice and then and then uh you know jack and all of the sg teams get to kind of go into sniper rifle mode sniper and and artillery yeah the artillery was cool too i did like to see the artillery guys just like going and that was really i mean that was kind of you know after all the horrors that like these prisoners and teal and braytech and ryak have been exposed to you know, executions of the workers and and stuff. Just to see all the Jaffa like just get like wasted in a number of ways was pretty yeah. satisfying. <laughs> like yeah. Jaffa running up the hill. Oh no, we got to save the ship! And the mortar rounds like blah, and then like all the prisoners revolting and the Jaffa who are still there getting like shot and like beaten up. And then you know the the main uh, bad guy, the the albino with one eye, um, you know, fighting Teal, who's like badly beaten and is about to be executed but he gets up he's like no i am tilkicus and he like strangles the guy and breaks his neck and stuff yep. and yeah and and so it was it was pretty like in terms of like turning the tables and and you know the bad guys getting their comeuppance that was pretty pretty satisfying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just feel like there needs to be more communication and correspondence with these rebel Jaffa because <laughs> yeah. like every time we, it's like they'll get into this kind of situation, they'll get freed and they'll go off and we're going to go find more and we're going to be an organized army. But then the next time we see them, something else terrible has happened and <laughs> oh, SG-1 no. has to save them. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you need some sort of like you need a like a project manager or a yeah. general or some rangers gonna, yeah. embedded with them. Yeah. Yeah, just to keep them. Yeah, I mean, Teal and Raya going off. Well, we got the code. Let's go through the gate to the prison planet and recruit some Jaffa. It's like, oh my, we've been captured. Who could have foreseen such? I a- never saw that happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess they could work with the Tokra, but the Tokra's track record hasn't been particularly yeah. good either. They need like an SG team just embedded with them at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the last time, we can't liberate the entire prison camp right now because, you know, yeah. Even though they end up doing it anyways by sending them to the alpha site. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, I feel like Teal would be the best option for that because he's worked extensively with SG-1 and he Mm -hmm. is a Jaffa, but, you know, then we wouldn't have Christopher Judge. They've kind of tried that and then he comes back anyways and... It's because he doesn't want to be around uh, Ryak. Yeah. They should, have, they should have Trogdor do it. Or, uh, 
whatever it is. What's his name? Burninator. Rocknor. Rocknor. Yeah, not Trogdor. But the, yeah, they should have that guy. Uh, Ragnarok. Guy yeah, but Rocknor I mean, but he is pretty. Or... Yeah, he is pretty in the loop, I guess. So yeah, he's he's probably doing his own thing. So. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of high-level strategic planning going on on how to deal with the Gould. No. And I, I like that was part of the Stargate uh like their original like mission charter was we need to stop the Gould from destroying Earth and it's like all right we're going to deal with the Gould now let's have some fun wacky adventures <laughs> yeah. now we got to deal with the Gould again it's like well, they also got to find technology, so yeah, they they are kind of playing whack a mole with the with the Gould a little bit. Obviously, from the point of view of a of a TV show, though, I'm okay with it yeah. because I wouldn't want this to be dark, depressing, like war yeah. drama. Yep, Pe- people sitting in a conference room for hours, like, well, we haven't heard from the Gould in three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like the episode, <laughs> an Intel shop. Yeah, Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> or how I uh, how I learned to stop worrying and love the choppa eye. That choppa yeah. eye. <laughs> nice, yeah. It's. I feel like Daniel is, and this might just be because it's only the third episode or fourth episode with him in uh in the season with him back, but he seems to be much more mellow and less Daniel e. Except for, for a better word. when he was talking to Tilk and Tilk had to tell him to shut up. Yeah. True. <laughs> but we do get a nice callback to, um, oh, what was the Changelinger episode, right? Where yeah. where they were all firemen and Tilk's like, I dreamed I was a fireman. And for three days, you like kept me company. And mm-hmm. so that is how I know you were telling the truth. And so I thought that was a nice callback. Usually we yeah. don't get that. That was good. And they also did a very good job of giving a quick summary of what went on in that episode for people who might not have caught yeah. it without it feeling like just a exposition exactly. dump. Like it was yeah. done in a very organic way, which I appreciated. Kind of Chris Farley. So you remember when I was hurt <laughs> and break tack was hurt and I pretended I was a, I dreamt I was a fireman and you came to help me. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, they do something like that. <laughs> I'm Paul McCartney and I do remember that. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So do we have any uh, alternate language titles for yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um in most languages, uh they just translated it into into Orpheus. But in French, I actually think that this this title was a lot better. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna massacre this, sorry, French people. L'esclave d'Erebus, which is uh the slaves of Erebus. Which is like very literal, but it's a very good title too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like that one better than the the English title. Yeah, yep. Also, sounds like a good like metal band. It does. Yeah. <laughs> or like you know, episode of you know Commander Cody in the 1930s, you know, flying around in his rocket pack and oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other uh, thoughts on this episode, Father? So they did have a call out to the color of the jello. They did. Yes. Where Tilk had the cups, you know, like three empty cups and a fourth one that was full of green jello. And, and he says, O'Neill said something about the color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they did call out, you know, that green must be if you're, you know, you're injured or you're down in the dumps or. 
something like that. I feel like green jello would be nice if you're feeling depressed. The depression yeah. jello. Lime 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 colored lime flavored jello. Lime colored jello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jaffa jello. Yeah, I did, I liked I liked this episode. I said it had a lot of really good action. If, if in terms of a teal episode, it had a good arc. It it wasn't one where he was just stuck in sick bay the whole time. So I like that. I was very impressed with the prison camp because there's some, you know, kind of overhead shots of the camp that they give you. And I think some of those are digitally composited, but they actually had a decent set and a decent number of extras and stuff. So, yeah, I I thought that was very uh, impressive as well. Yeah, they really gave it a sense of scale. I like that big cogwheel, like mining cart kind of Mm -hmm. thing they have that they are rotating around. That was that was fun to see because I don't think we've seen that before. You can definitely tell the show's budget if it if it hasn't gone up it gone up it's they've at least gotten better at utilizing what they have. We get a lot less this is exactly the same sand pit where I'm pretty sure this is probably one of the same sand pits they filmed at or gravel uh, quarries. Yeah. But they do a good job of dressing it up and making it not look just like every other one, kinda like in the earlier seasons. Yep. Awesome. Uh y'all have any other thoughts? Nope. So then before we go, we'd like to uh, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Daniel R., Justin P., Margaret Q., Phil B., and Christopher R. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find our video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com and follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. And you can join us over at our Discord at sqpn.com slash discord. And we'll be back next time and we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Revisions. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secret to Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. Watch your friendly, safety's off, clean targets, clean backgrounds. Words to live. And once again, I'm Jack Berizzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Technology. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash technology.